there. This is Rachel Lee and Robin May, and this is The Problem with Perfect, the podcast for people who want to be freed from the joy-sucking, energy-taking, and judgment-clouding quest of perfectionism. We'll be sharing our own struggles and interviewing experts on how to be authentically imperfect, because let's be real, who wants to be around someone perfect anyway? Together, we can transform our thinking and let go of those thoughts that say we have to be it all and have it all to be worthy. So pull up a chair and have a seat. There's always a place for you at our table. So you have a timeline for your life. You've executed every detail perfectly. You followed through on your end of the deal and yet somehow life isn't rewarding you for all of your hard work. You're not where you wanna be in your career. You still haven't found your dream partner and somehow your life is messier than you'd like to admit. You're left wondering how did this happen and will things ever get better? All this and more on today's episode of The Problem with Perfect. So Robin, we're finally doing it. This is our first podcast of The Problem with Perfect. And you guys, we have been waiting months for this to happen. And here we are, live, right? Live from the loft. loft. (laughs) I've been wanting to say that for weeks. You guys, I just moved into a loft two weeks ago, and it's pretty exciting. It's been a lifelong dream of mine. And so I told Robin that when we record, I really want to say live from the loft. And here we are. Yeah. (laughs) So we can just stop right now because like, check it off. Your dream is achieved. Dream achieved. Yeah. Everything's good. No. Yeah. (laughs) Not that, not, not, not that simple. Yes. But we are excited to finally be recording. And I was just thinking, Robin, you could kind of share with our listeners about why we even wanted to start this podcast in the first place. Yeah. So it's been a, a great little journey with Rachel, with you so far, right? Yeah. So Rachel and I met by happenstance, I guess you might say, because her expertise uh, intersected with like some messiness in my life, right? I guess that's the best way to put it. And I was on my own journey of trying to launch um, some personal things in my life. And I realized after meeting Rachel that, that, you know, you just had this expertise and you had this, these qualities about you that made me want to work with you. Mm -hmm. And so we've had this professional working relationship that's that's gone great like for almost a year now look at us I know that's crazy right oh that is crazy we'll have to start celebrating our anniversary soon (laughs) let's Uh, go up for an anniversary dinner let's do (laughs) for sure you have to celebrate the small stuff right which we've learned along the way too yes uh but I think what's been really most surprising is not that you brought this great skill set to the relationship because I knew that you would do that Mm -hmm. but what's been the most exciting and surprising is the, like this dynamic that you can't manufacture mm-hmm. um, with people. And so I have loved, I think we've both loved our conversations and the fact that you bring this fresh 20-something perspective to our conversations that really make me think about, am I antiquated? Am I, am I progressive? Well, you know, kind of evaluating how I approach life based on my experience but yet not getting bogged down by my experience, be empowered by it, but not stuck in it. And so you challenge me to do that. Well, then on my side, I feel like I gained so much wisdom from you. And so 
when we would have our meetings, just to kind of give the audience a peek behind the curtain, I would always schedule at least two hours of time for us to talk because we would, you know, get things done that we needed to get done. But we always ended up having these really great conversations about life. Mm -hmm. And, you know, these conversations are things that you wish that you could have with somebody who, on my end, has a little more life experience. But it just, you can't find it. You don't know how to go about it. You don't know how to go about searching for that person who can kind of give you that wisdom. And you were just doing that naturally. And yeah. so we started having these awesome conversations about life and topics that I know I've been searching for to have somebody to talk about those things for years. And so we kind of thought if we're having these conversations and we both were hoping to have those mm-hmm. conversations, that means that there's probably other people who are hoping that they could talk to their daughter about this. They could talk to their mom about this. They wish they had a mentor um, these are the conversations that we were having. Yeah, absolutely. And, and we found that they were really meaningful for us and that we hope that to bring that to other people in the same way. We have similar personalities and uh, we are mm, driven, mm-hmm. right? Have to lot, an extreme, Lots probably. of life, life goals, right? Lots of ambitions, have our hands in all the different baskets. Yeah, which is great for us because... Uh, that's just the way we work and that's the way we function. And that's why as a team, we get so much mm-hmm. done because mm-hmm. if we didn't both function like that, it would be catastrophic, right? We understand each other's thinking, which yeah. is nice. Yes. yes. And, and the way that work gets done, which mm-hmm. is kind of at all hours of the night and day. Yes. Both Enneagram threes for yes. those who are into yes. that. Yes. <laughs> we'll apologize for that later. No, we won't. No, we won't. Right. So, uh, but, but with that, uh, we have come to realize that our compl- our entire life is planned, right? Mm-hmm. Um, I don't I don't ever remember having not having a plan for my life. Do you? No, no. Like literally. Yeah, I I've always been a planner. I think even from high school is when it got really extreme. Probably. Mm. Me too. Like I saw what other people were doing and achieving. Mm. It was about achievement. Mm-hmm. Yep. At the heart of it, yep. right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So then it just becomes this normal thing. So you have this plan for your life. So I think as perfectionists, I think it's just good for us to probably admit that we are planners mm-hmm. and not that a plan is a bad thing because we have to have a plan. Right. Um, but not everything has to be planned. Number one, my husband would say, like, I'm the sort of person that like even on Saturday, I need mm-hmm. a plan mm-hmm. um, on vacation for every day. I need a plan, even if the plan is just to sit and do nothing. But I should plan that. <laughs> Like one hour of sitting. And doing nothing. Yeah. Yeah. And what am I going to do? Am I going to read a book or am I just going to, you know, whatever. So, so, um, the point being that we've realized that planning, um, can become detrimental, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah, it can, because when things don't go according to plan, life seems like it's over, like it's catastrophic. That's part of the problem is that we as perfectionists, our planning is so um, meticulous is one word, but also uh, overestimated. Like mm-hmm. typically I always mm-hmm. think I'm going to get more done or then I can get more done. Then even if everything went right, yeah, like nothing would have to go wrong. Right. Yeah. Um, for me to get that amount of, of work accomplished in a day. So that even my planning is flawed because I don't allow room mm-hmm. for 
things to go wrong. So when things do go wrong for you, how do you handle that? Like, do you consciously think, okay, this is okay. Like you have a friend call and they want to talk for an hour and a half about whatever they're going through. Or are you like, this is messing things up and it kind of makes you more anxious because if I'm honest, like I have to tell myself, it is okay that this happened. This is still considered productive in a sense of like, I'm being there for somebody, you know? Absolutely. Yeah. That's a really great question. And it is hard. It's hard to remind myself sometimes that, Mm -hmm. uh, there has to be margin and see, that's the problem with the plan, uh, especially on a, the day to day plan. But even in the big overall life plan is that there has to be margin. Mm -hmm. And I would say there has to be margin, number one, for for people, Mm -hmm. right? Because um, ultimately, it doesn't matter if we achieve our plan perfectly. If we achieve our plan perfectly and we're alone, we have no one to share it or celebrate it with, Mm -hmm. then it's going to be empty. Mm -hmm. So, but being super sometimes task-oriented... it's a struggle to, to remind myself like, Hey, and also to remember that like when those interruptions happen and they're people related, um, I'm almost embarrassed to call them interruptions, right? Because that's just rude and kind of insensitive to the person on the other side because they're not an interruption. They have a need and heaven forbid, maybe they're just calling to pour into me and to to nourish me. Yeah, I feel called out because I 100% see people as interruptions a lot of the time. I'm like, I, I don't know. I'm just bad at that. I'm like, I'm doing something like, please don't talk to me right now, Right. <laughs> which is bad because it is like, cause I think long terms, if you think to the end of your life, you know, you're going to die someday and it's not going to matter mm-hmm. if you did X, Y, and Z for the day. What matters is if you have that relationship, like that's what you're going to care about long term. So it does, is something that you have to remind yourself. So I think it's good to look on that, um, that scale of the day to day. But I think what we want to talk about too, uh, in this conversation is if you have such a plan for your life, like you're hoping X, Y, and Z happens at this time, Mm -hmm. like at 25, I said, you know, at 25, I want to have all these things happen. And then if you're not achieving it, what that looks like. Right. So, um, I'll share kind of like a personal story. So I've always been a planner as well. And from the time I was 16, I created a 10 year plan for my life. Yikes. At 16. <laughs> Wait, I didn't know this. Yeah. At 16. At 16. Okay. Because I realized at 16 what I wanted to do. I had big goals. Uh-huh. I was like, I want to be a national talk show host. And that's a really big dream. And I still have that dream. But I thought, how am I going to get there? Hey, you still have, you still have time. You're exactly. not 26. <laughs> yeah. I know, right? I've got one year. So here's where things went wrong. My senior year, um, I because of a circumstance of events, decided that I wanted to take a leap of faith and do a different type of storytelling than go the traditional news route. Because I'm a very positive person, I believe in um, storytelling that really digs into human emotion to create change within somebody's heart and then within their community. Mm -hmm. And I just thought there was a different way to do that than besides news. And so I took a leap of faith that was not in my plan whatsoever. And I was very confident in that, even when nobody was uh, thinking that that was maybe the right choice. And a month or two into my decision, I remember very clearly being in an Aldi parking lot, bawling, and being like, what did I just do? I completely threw away my dreams. I should have followed my plan. What's Mm going to happen? I still live in my college town, and I, I felt like a failure. I was like, I completely threw away my life. 
by making this decision. So do you think it was that reflecting like, hey, I, I, I veered when I should have kept going straight? Yeah. That made you feel that way? Like it was really not that what you were doing wasn't valuable, wasn't mm-hmm. fulfilling, right? It wasn't so much about what you were doing, but it was about, oh, wait, well, in a moment of haste or whatever, I veered from the plan. It was looking back, I think it was really trusting in myself and thinking that I had more power than I had over my future. Like I thought that if I followed my plan and did everything on my strength, then I could get to where I was going. And I kind of made an active decision. I really, to this day, still think that that was the choice I was supposed to make. Yeah. But in my mind, I, I, I thought, oh my gosh, what did I do? Because it wasn't, it was now out of my control. Right. And so, uh, you know, that, and then it's just so hard when you graduate college and I wish people would talk about that, but it's just hard to transition. You're thrown with a lot of new things. And so I think all of that combined made me think maybe my dreams aren't going to happen. I'm not as talented Mm -hmm. enough to even get there as I thought I was. And I really started to become hopeless in a lot of ways, but I was really isolated in my hopelessness. Right. I didn't want to tell anyone I wanted to pretend that everything was fine. I was embarrassed that I even felt that way. Right. Well, and you, you said it. You said you were you were embarrassed. You were ashamed, right, to admit basically that you were second guessing yourself and your mm. and your abilities, right? Yeah. Which is so weird because you were like, I'm confident. I have the ability to do this. So I'm going to do this. I'm going to forge my own path. Yeah. And then, you know, you got on the journey and you're like, oh, wait, I'm not all that I thought I was, right? Yeah. And I was kind of known for my my ability to just be able to do it and my confidence in that. And so mm-hmm. if I admitted to anybody that I really didn't know if I felt that way, what was I? Right. Right. So you just, you just hit it. Mm-hmm. And right. So what, like in that time, like how long did that last and, and how did you get out of that? Yeah. That lasted for probably a year. That's and a long time. It was a long time. And I think my close friends and family knew somewhat of what I was going through, but not to the extent because I was so ashamed of it. And I just kind of had this attitude of, well, they all have their lives together and they're all really happy and I can't burden them. I don't want, and I don't want them to know that I'm not doing okay because I don't want to be the one person who's not doing okay. And I think when you're a perfectionist, you want to have it all together Mm -hmm. right? and you want to appear that you can handle it even when things are really hard. Sure. And so I just really did a lot of hiding. I withdrew from my friends. I um, just kind of struggled alone. And it got to the point where I was like, well, you know, I was questioning myself. I was questioning all the things that I had grown up believing. And it got really, really dark, honestly. And um, I think when things switched for me was uh, probably a year into it and you know, I kind of thought, oh my gosh, you know, achieving doesn't get you anything. (laughs) And I had to get to the point of realizing that going the opposite way of just not caring and hiding wasn't going to work for me either as a perfectionist, like me pretending that it would be fine. Um, that wouldn't help. And so it was kind of like a moment of realizing smallness and then saying, okay, Mm. 
maybe I need to just be honest about where I am. And I had one friend uh, who I was able to open up to and just being able to be real in that way, I think was so helpful. So I think for me personally, what was helpful was not just having a friend who sat there and listened. I needed somebody to tell me the truth about myself that I couldn't see because I was in such a dark place. Right. Like Rachel, you are talented. You Mm -hmm. are valuable. You can do this, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. And like that there was hope and that all dreams weren't lost and that right. it's okay to be in a season. Right, yeah. I'm sad that I didn't know you then because I would have been like shaking you, you know, <laughs> like you're 23, you know, exactly. you're so 23. what pressure yeah. did I have on myself to think that because things weren't happening for me immediately right. that like the world was ending. And unfortunately, I think so many people feel yeah. that way. Well, like this, this despair that you speak of, I would really be interested to know like how many young adults graduate from college and feel the exact same way that you do, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, so I, as you know, I have a 23-year-old daughter mm-hmm. who's um, an RN down the road at a hospital here. Mm-hmm. And I think that she would tell you that she's experienced a lot of those same things. Like yeah. she did it right. She she, you know, she was prepared to do what she, her plan was. And then you get there and you're like, oh, wait, yeah, right. Th- this is, this is what I've been working for. Right. Um, and so I think there's just some amount of disappointment with adulting. <laughs> some amount, a so, large amount. Yeah. Right. <laughs> and so I think that as I reflect or listen to what you're saying, I think some of it is just a natural disappointment with, hmm. Like I've been working uh, my 10-year plan. I'm, I'm seven years into it. And, you know, there's just some, some amount of emptiness that comes with, with it mm-hmm. um, because of the world we live in. So I, I want you to hear that, number one, I'm sad that you went through that. But number two, that I think some of that is really normal for young yeah. adults. Through being going through that, I saw the dark parts of myself, Mm. the messiness. And I think that that was freeing for me because I was able to experience grace in a way that I've never experienced before. Mm -hmm. And for me, that um, was great because it was freeing that I didn't have to be perfect because I literally saw me being perfect and doing everything according to plan. It still doesn't get me anywhere. Doing it all to the best, 150% will not get you anywhere. And when you say will not get you anywhere, do you mean like emotionally it, it won't get you anywhere? Like fulfilling? I is that th- what you're saying? Yeah, like it, nothing is ever going to be enough to satisfy your soul in the way that you're longing mm-hmm. for it to satisfy your soul. Absolutely, yeah. And if we're perfect, perfectionists, the root of that, if we're going to be honest, right, and if you're going to like believe what experts say, the root of that is shame. Mm-hmm. Right? That we're afraid that if people see us for who we really are, then they won't like us and we won't be enough, right? Mm-hmm. And so we strive for this illusion of imper- of perfection in mm-hmm. all areas of our life, of whether it's our career, you mentioned relationships, right? And not just relationships with a significant other that hadn't materialized, but with people that were closest to you. Mm-hmm which perhaps is the saddest part of all of that, is that we, it's really difficult um, when you're in that spot to be real to the people who love you the most. Um, but like you said, we can be thankful for it in the long run because once you just submit to it and acknowledge our weakness, our imperfection, our, 
our just our need to be connected, right? Mm -hmm. Like to a, a, a deeper purpose and to people in general. It's like kind of like flexing a muscle, right? Mm -hmm. And whenever we're not strong enough to flex that muscle of belief for ourselves that you have someone else there yeah. that, that's helping you find it again and strengthen it. Mm -hmm. And it's okay to be needy. That is okay. It's okay. And I think that when we try to convince ourselves we're not, man, it's lonely. Mm. It's lonely because, you know, you're just faking it all the time. So, I mean, I feel like that's kind of the moral of the story is as hard as it is, the best way to start to be okay when things aren't okay and when things aren't going to plan is just don't do it alone and have the courage to have a really honest and vulnerable conversation with somebody who you love and trust, who can remind you of those truths about yourself, who can just be there with you in your mess. Yeah. And it takes a long, your mess never goes away. Mess no. isn't going to stop happening. No. Yeah. And embracing that, right? Mm -hmm. Like just to know that we're always a work in progress. Yep. And if, if we're really honest, like we're never going to be 100% happy with where we are and yeah. who, you know, who we are. And part of that's okay, right? Because it comes from a good place of wanting to like constantly be improving and learning and, and all of that. And some of it comes from a really dark place of like, just, oh, I'm mm -hmm. never going to be enough. Mm -hmm. So finding that balance and like you said, just like helping people or letting people help us. Mm -hmm. And it probably comes with helping others as well, right? Because investing in people so that you feel like they can invest in you. Well, we hope you all enjoyed this conversation. Yeah, the first of many, right? Yes, first of many. Uh, tune in next week where I'm going to interview Robin about all things that happened to her in her 20s. I'm going to get all the juicy <laughs> secrets. I'm going to hear the lessons she learned. Yeah. And uh, So the one, the one episode we hope my kids and husband won't <laughs> listen to. Yeah. <laughs> Just we'll kidding. We'll PSA. Yeah. If your names are, <laughs> do yeah, not listen. Right. Yes. You'll be sorry you did. <laughs> Hey friend, thanks for listening to the podcast. We're honored that you're sharing your day with us. Don't forget to subscribe to the podcast. That way you'll get a notification when new episodes are released. And we'd love for you to tell your friends and family. We want more people to join this conversation. So remember, whatever you're going through, there's always enough grace for today. So be sure and give it to yourself.